Hi, I've like a dinner with me, Alan Smith, where we book the stories of the day's prison journal on Monday, October 17th. And so, for a front page of paper today is uh, to save young lives, every school must have defibrillators. Uh, so, the SNP government has been dealt it must commit to placing a potentially life saving defibrillator in every school in Scotland amid serious concerns Northeast uh, kids are at risk. Major campaigns have been launched by individual families in the wake of the tragic deaths of young folk in the North and Northeast in recent years. Uh, but des- despite their inspiration and hard work, many schools are still without the devices which can be used to send an electric shock to the heart as somebody in cardiac arrest. Um, availability is said to be particularly hit and miss in parts of Aberdeenshire, Moray and Healands, where community fundraising has often been the main reason schools can call upon the devices. Uh, they're installed in every Aberdeen school in memory of six-year-old Casey Sivright, uh, who died uh, at an after-school club last year. Oh my goodness. Um, but there is currently no plans in Aberdeenshire to install devices in every school. Uh, south of the border, every school is to be, is to be given a state-funded defibrillator. Um, about 270 kids die every year across the UK due to sudden cardiac arrest. Uh, but the uh, correct use of defibrillators can raise the chances of survival to 75%. So, well, you would think that uh, it makes sense and it shouldn't really be doing to communities to be fundraising to, um, you know, get them into schools or clubs if they were, um, you know, that surely that would make sense for the government to provide the bulk of the funding for that and um, instead of mere independent stuff. But um, well, anyway, uh, fingers crossed they get everything um, in order and, uh, you know, certainly schools in remote places uh, would be a, a big, uh, uh, you know, a big thing to have them in uh, in that kind of schools for us, you know, no chance of getting an ambulance within 20 minutes, half an hour, if ever. So we'll see. Now, here is a story about the Aberdeen ship that beat the Cutty Sark. So a plaque has been unveiled commemorating the 150th anniversary of Aberdeen's Thermopylae clipper ship uh, beating the Cutty Sark back with her cargo of Chinese tea. Uh, members of the Clipper 150 group uh, gathered at the Maritime Museum on Saturday to commemorate the anniversary and learn more about the history of Aberdeen shipbuilding. Sailing ships would race against each other to port to win the highest price for their precious cargo of Chinese tea. Had to be other tea in China. The Thermo Pilot was uh, built in 1868 by Walter Hood & Co. in Fit D for George Thompson Jr.'s Aberdeen Line. It was an elegant and swift clipper ship uh, with an uh, innovative design aimed at uh, crossing the world as fast as possible. Uh, at the event, a plaque was unveiled depicting what had been called the Great Tea Race between the Thermopylae and the world-famous Cote Sark. Both ships left Shanghai on June 26, 1872 and raced neck and neck for weeks. Um, the Thermopylae arrived in London on October the 10th in 1872 Oh, that's a fair old while. And the Cutty Sark arrived nine days later after uh, losing her rudder in a heavy gale. Um, local historian and former shipbuilder Stanley Bruce uh, spoke at the event. He organised a commemorative plaque and already had uh, one installed in York Place to recognise the Thermopylae. Um, so, well, there you go. I had no idea that um, 
So an emergency summit has been called on the future of Union Street before it's too late to stop decline. The landmark uh, intervention comes as planners map out a long-term vision for the diminished granite mile, uh, which has long been central to regeneration efforts. Large projects like the £30 million Union Terrace Gardens revamp and a planned £50 million Aberdeen market aim to bring folk to the city centre. But business chiefs want immediate action to attract traders uh, fearing that without it, the major products could uh, come too late as high streets struggle nationwide. This month, new images of a reimagined Union Street were put uh, in to the public as part of a consultation. Aberdeen inspired Chief Executive Adrian Watson said they were showed promising potential, but the Business Improvement District boss warned there's a growing concern that with an act new, it will become almost impossible to attract any organisations to fill the growing number of vacant units uh, that would revitalise the city centre's main artery. Um, so his company in Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce called next month's summit to seek answers. Um, he said, we've spoken to retailers, publicans, restaurateurs, other businesses, partner agencies, visitors and local residents. So pretty much a hail shing bang. Um, who are becoming, uh, are those folks becoming increasingly concerned about the detrimental impact the demise of our main street is having on civic pride and the local economy. Well, um, you know, nay before time, I would say, but, uh, you know, I think the answer staring them in the face, really, and it's, you know, ask councillors that voted to let the tra- traffic or the buses back down should be ashamed of themselves, because that, in my humble opinion, is, a, you know, somebody likes to walk about without the fear of getting run down by a flipping bus, Um if it was pedestrianised, you know, they could have tables and, and seats out in the, in the street and uh, just be a far more amenable kind of place than, than having buses going up and down. And, um, you know, nobody's going to tell me that folk kind of negotiate for um, Broad Street or, for, um, or Market Street, rather, uh, up to Union Terrace. Um, but it, you know, anybody who hasn't been in Union Street for for years and years would get the biggest shock of their lives if they come back and see it now, because it is a well, it's a bit embarrassing. It's a a flipping shame as to what it's become. But uh, hopefully, all this lot will you know get together and, and get some money in and get it uh, refilled. Even that, that, just that little bit. Of, I mean, I mean the top half you can kind of near forget about, but that. Uh, a bit in the middle, um, they should try and do something we for for only money if they tax to get businesses in here and get folk back into that bay because that would be is a beating here to Aberdeen. Now here's a bit about the mod that's going on in Perth just now. Um, so um, Gales gathered in Perth on uh, Sunday to give thanks at the mod's annual Kirk service. Uh, festival goers uh, gathered at St John's Kirk to pause for thought amidst the busy nine-day programme events in a service broadcast live on BBC Radio Nan Gale. Uh, 
uh, many gathered um, once again for an informal evening uh, of Celtic praise at the host city's St Matthew's Kirk Sanctuary. And uh, some of the winners here's a, a young loon Alistair for just 10, he beats a bug to win at his first mode, so this is a 10-year-old accordion player, struck gold in his first appearance at the Royal National Mode. Alistair Adamson for Lanark took first place in the under-13s uh, accordion competition at AK Bell Library in Perth. He beat the competition for five fellow players at the Souter Theatre to take him the gold badge, as well as the Smith Mearns Trophy and Daniel G.R. Burt Memorial Trophy. Well, that trophy is to keep the boot. Uh, Alistair said, I really enjoyed it. I was nervous, but I got through it. It was just really fun. Uh, his mum, Mary, said her son was almost, he almost missed his chance after contracting a bug, um, but he insisted he wanted to compete. She said he was really poorly through the week. We are sick of his bug. He's worked so hard. I'm glad I listened to him. Um, Emily Gold, uh, Carnworth Primary School in Lanark, took second place. Well, Finlay Montgomery in, in or the Nicholson Institute was third. So, well, well done to young Alistair here. The picture of him, the accordion looks bigger than him, but um, yeah, it would take a bit of D into him. So, well done. I'm sure he's worked very hard in the gold medal first shot. Excellent stuff. Now, here is a family flock to Udney Patch in search of that perfect pumpkin. So, uh, Saturday saw the launch of one of the Northeast's most relished. Um, October holiday outings, a pumpkin picking at the Odney Pumpkin Patch. The much-loved family-friendly activity of going to hand-pick your very own pumpkin for Halloween at the Odney Pumpkins has been growing in popularity since the patch opened in 2017. And this year, there's a popping uh, 8,000 beautiful squashes up for grabs. The ticketed event has become such a hit in recent times that this year's batch sold out within just two minutes of going on sale online. Gee whiz. Uh, little kids and big kids uh, alike uh, pulled on their willy boots, uh, grabbed a wheelbarrow, or in some cases, they jumped into in and took to the parks uh, to begin the important task of selecting the most perfect pumpkin. Uh, there's more than 20 varieties of squash on offer, uh, monsterines, tinyins, wartyins, and stripeins, all ready to uh, find a loving new home or become a tasty Halloween treat. Odney Pumpkins offers fun for the family with the uh, baby chicks to stroke uh, sheep to make palsy and even a beehive um, to pique the interest of littleins. Uh, if you're visiting on a chilly autumn day, you can warm up with a fresh cup of delicious homemade pumpkin soup or a sweet hot chocolate. Um, Odney Pumpkins is open till October uh, 28th. So, and there's a picture in a some a little wee toot, um, some little ch- a loon, a uh, Charlie Tuppen from Pitt Midden, and he's making his selection of pumpkins. <laughs> I think some of the pumpkins will be big on him, maybe, but um, there certainly is lots to pick for. So, if pumpkins is your thing, hit the Udney. I think it would be famous for something one day. <laughs> pumpkins, I didn't think I'd do. Now, just finish up with sport as normal. The back page paper day is uh, Dawn's Odd Fans Win as uh, Lopez helps sink hair. So, Everdeen Monster Jim Goodwin insists his side owed the supporters a response after they got uh, back to winning wise. We had a 2-0 victory against Hertz at Pitoji. Um, uh, Duke uh, scored the first and then set up the second as the Dawn struck twice in the final 20 minutes to secure a victory, which takes him up to fourth place in the Scottish Premiership. So I think you're quite right, Mr Goodwin. <laughs> you did all the fans of performance after the debacle of a four. But, um, you know, uh, fourth is OK, but um, 
you know, I think we can do a bit, a bit better, finish up a bit higher, I'm pretty sure. So we'll see what happens. But don't know, a win's a win, and um, come on, everybody. Now it's me, Dom, for the announcement. We've published the today's today's Prison Journal on Monday, October 17th, 2022. Um, been quite a, well, not too bad, really. Actually, it was um, pretty much in the morning, but breaking up, and it was quite, uh, quite bright. Uh, in afternoon, and um, well, yeah, started off as well. <laughs> Mary Mochie, it was absolutely lashing rain, had been most of the night, I think. But um, yeah, for not good off, it, uh, the sun tried to poke out, and it wasn't too bad a day ever. So, anyway, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Now, I'm, I'm sure you came by now that um, I'm going to ask you if you can think of anybody if uh, you can't doesn't listen to the podcast but might uh, like to log in noon again, please let them care about it. That would just be tip top. In the meantime, thanks so much. Cheers now. Doodle.